Welcome to Now on Netflix, your guide to the best shows and films coming out this week. And if you miss them, you're gonna blow it! Speaking of blow, we're gonna talk about Griselda, a new series about the powerhouse drug lord Griselda Blanco, who's played brilliantly by Sofia Vergara. We're also going to talk some Queer Eye Season 8, and chances are I'm going to cry when we talk about it. I'm Jessica Shaw from SiriusXM, and joining me and fully horrified by my cocaine pun is Henry Goldblatt, executive editor of Todoom.com. Hello, Henry. Hey, Jessica. In all the years that we've known each other, I don't think I've ever known you to make a cocaine pun, so I don't know whether to be horrified or impressed. Let's just say impressed. Why not? You still surprise me after all these years. Well, speaking of surprises, I will say Sofia Vergara absolutely surprised me in Griselda, which is out now. I had no idea she had this performance in her, and I am so thrilled to bring into our convo Drew Tewksbury of Todoom.com. Hi, Drew. Hey, it's great to be here. I'm wondering if you can kind of set up the show for us because it begins with Griselda Blanco. She is this survivor of abuse in Colombia and she picks up her kids and she has nothing. And she moves to America and ends up, as people know, becoming this powerhouse drug lord who I feel like amassed millions slash billions of dollars at one point. That's absolutely right. At one point, they were saying that she was a billionaire. And of course, this is the version that's in the show. So she shows up with her suitcases and her kids and then tries to go clean, tries to start a travel agency. And then she reveals in her suitcase, she brought a big brick of cocaine with her. And that's when the story launches off into what we see as an atrocious, violent woman, but also someone who's charismatic and into her family. Drew, talk about how Griselda used sort of sexist perceptions of women during this time in order to further her business, because the types of things that she does is brilliantly twisted and really played on these perceptions of women as weak and not as smart as men in order to capitalize and grow her business. I'm so glad you asked that. First, I'll talk about how Griselda did that. And then later, I'll talk about June Hawkins, the police officer, how she also did that. But Griselda herself would use men's misogyny against them all the time. And one of the main ways that she did that was when she was first bringing cocaine into the States, she would pack it into women's bras and into their corsets. And when I went back and read all these articles from the Miami Herald in the 1970s, they would all mention this as her one calling card. She would pack cocaine into these ladies. And as the women would walk through the customs agents, the women would walk directly through. And the reason why was that the men that were there were afraid to pat them down. So she had this real ability to hide in plain sight. She would hide her cocaine on women. And later she'd be hiding out in a mansion that was right in a normal neighborhood. Well, a normal millionaire's neighborhood in Miami. And then when we get to June Hawkins, who is the cop who brings her down in the show, she did the same thing of having to fight with misogyny. And I actually interviewed June Hawkins, who's 70 three now. She lives outside of Nashville. And she went on to marry Al, who is her co-partner within the show itself. Well, not just the show, but also in real life. And so as I was interviewing her, he would constantly be interjecting and how my grandparents might talk about the laundry or something going on in the house. They would be talking about the different murders. So she would turn to Al and say, Al, how many murders was it again? And then he would grab the phone and be like, well, you know, I think it was about 18, but we couldn't really prove it. So 
So June told me these stories. She faced so much misogyny. There was men slapping her on the behind. There was uh, the scene that actually was shown in the show of how they turned down the air conditioning so that her nipples would show through her sweater. And as she was telling me these stories, she was sort of laughing. And June has this, this southern drawl, having been in Florida for some time. And she was laughing about it and saying, oh, I didn't do anything because, you know, she's very tough and all of that. And for me, listening to it, you're like, wow, June, you actually went through some really serious stuff. But she didn't think anything of it, which was really interesting. But then she ended up using that sort of misogyny to get ahead because she could understand what Griselda was doing. Because June, too, was a single mother. And she joined the Miami PD, where she was the first Latina officer. She was the first woman officer, especially when she got to homicide. And she only joined it because they had health benefits. And her son had fallen through a glass table. So she's like, hey, why not? I'll be a cop. I get the benefits. The series begins with a quote from Pablo Escobar where he says, the only man I was ever afraid of was a woman named Griselda Blanco. So can you tell us a little bit about Sofia Vergara playing this role and what she did to become Griselda? Absolutely. I'll talk a little bit about why the show is so successful in its creation of this world, right? Because on one hand, Griselda is this businesswoman and she's doing ex exceptional things, which is this kind of vernacular for us when we watch her, right? She's glamorous, she's all of these things, but it really masks the real Griselda, who was a sociopath, and she killed so many people. Unbelievable violence. You start realizing how difficult it is to make a, a show around her, right? Because these people are still alive, a lot of the families and all of that. So the show shows her genius in this ordinary way of how she's able to manage a big business and how she is so careful charismatic. Because how can a person convince one person to kill another person? That is an impossibility. But Griselda was able to do this on a massive scale. She convinced hundreds of people to kill hundreds of other people, which was really pretty fascinating. First, you have to unsophia her face. So it really started with prosthetics, really working within it. But the most amazing thing, because Sofia's from Colombia, Andres Baez is from Colombia, there's a lot of Colombians on the staff. So when I talked with Andres, or we call him Andy, he was saying about the accent. And it all came back to that. Because the Colombian accent, if you listen to it, is very pristine. It's very close to ancestral Spanish. But where Griselda was from, it's actually a town close to the Caribbean. So she has this very nasal, very Cuban-sounding voice. And as you listen to it, you really see that she is talking in the way that the Marielitos, the Cubans who later show up in the show, who end up on the shores of Miami and become part of her cartel, how they talk. And so by Sofia adopting this language that is so authentic to that group. I think we all sense that sense of realness to it. And that was a really intentional thing for Sofia and for Andres Baez and for Eric Newman, who's also lived in Colombia at, at one point. And I thought that was the most important thing on creating the character because she really put the time in there. So talk to us also about the physical transformation that Sofia undergoes. She's absolutely unrecognizable on screen. Really comes down to the prosthetics in the face, but also she stands in a whole different way. The Sofia that we know has great posture. She's this beautiful woman who feels like a model and she floats through every scene. But in Griselda you could see she hunches over. And she is somebody who, as she hunches, you could see the weight of all of her crime on her shoulders. And as the show goes on, you'll see scenes where she's heaving and she vomits throughout it, which is also a real thing that happened when I talked to June, the actual cop. She was saying that Griselda was constantly getting sick after they caught her. And they kept thinking, you know, this is her purging her power. 
past. But Sophia being able to embody that by the way she hunches over and the way that she carries that weight, I think is so masterful. True, this show also features Carol G, who is a huge reggaeton star, and this is her acting debut. Tell us about the character that she plays and how she got involved. Carol G is amazing. She is this reggaeton star. She's from Colombia. And she really brings this sense of realism to the show. And when she was on set, the producers told me she would give a little tip here and there about how to speak in a certain way or what would actually happen if this sort of character were on screen. And she is part of the entourage of Griselda. And the story of how she got involved is pretty interesting because in Narcos, Eric and Andres, they both brought in Bad Bunny for an episode. And so they're like, that's really successful. We have one of the biggest stars in the world on the show. So they had already started shooting, I believe, or they had already started producing. And another producer just came to them and was like, hey, we have Carol G. Let's put her in the show. And they're like, oh, OK. So it kind of happened after the fact. Like, we have to do this. We did this with Bad Bunny, so let's bring her in. And so it kind of worked backwards. And the coolest thing about her is that she stands as an archetype of that Colombian world of crime, but also what it's like in real life where reggaeton is really a kind of folk music, right? Even though it's got great beats, it's got really funny lyrics, and it's one of the biggest forms of music in the world right now. But it really comes back to how hip-hop was in a lot of inner cities, how grunge was in Seattle, where it was really showing stories of suburban angst and addiction. And reggaeton really leans into those kinds of stories coming out of the rest of the world, where it's music from the streets. And having... Carol G there to really represent that really amped up the realism and that feeling, that sort of energy behind everything. Did you interview Sofia Vergara about playing this role? Because the role of Griselda is one that many women have wanted to play. There have been various films and series that never quite happened. And she really fought for this role, right? I didn't actually get to interview her, but J-Lo was in talks for a long time to become Griselda. Griselda is such a bigger icon than just the screen. You know, there's hip-hop labels named after her, and she flows through a lot of gangster rap throughout the, the late 2000s, which I think is really interesting testament to how powerful that name is, and this idea of her being the godmother instead of the godfather. And even in the real Griselda's life, her son, she named Michael Corleone, and he is the only son who survived. Uh, that's one of the most interesting things about Griselda that the producers told me was, you know, this show is actually a tragedy. And the way I always describe it is it's a dark disco opera. When you look at it, instead of carriages and sword battles, we have Uzi battles. We have shootouts on the street. And it's this huge tragedy of a, a woman who loses all of her kids. And that's what Douglas Muro, the screenwriter, told me. And then the larger tragedy behind it all is that it could all be avoided. All of this could have been changed if she didn't make the decisions that she made throughout it, which is tragedy after tragedy after tragedy that ultimately leads to her demise in Colombia. And that's why the story is so fascinating, so Shakespearean, because there's so many moments throughout it that are so wild that you think it's fiction. And it's actually true. Yeah. This is by no means a docu-series, but I was Googling the second I watched this show and just trying to get so much information. It's a fascinating story. Over on Doom.com, Drew, you have a ton of stories about Griselda, including a new one that's just out about the true stories behind Griselda Blanco's life and career. Drew Tewksbury, thank you so much for joining Henry and me to talk Griselda, which is out now. Great to be here. Thanks, guys.
Henry Queer Eye is also back for season eight. All the episodes are out now. And Henry, we know this is Bobby Burke's last season before the gang heads over to Las Vegas for season nine. Am I the only person that cries every time someone gets like a makeover and learns how to cook salmon? You definitely aren't, Jessica. I feel the same way. And this is a show that can't not win Emmys. They just keep winning Emmys, nine-time Emmy winners with four consecutive wins for Outstanding Structured Reality Program. But I think I know the episode you're alluding to, and it was the first one when a guy named Ernest is made over to bond more closely with his wife of 40-something years. And it was super touching. And yes, he learned how to make salmon. My husband does not know how to make salmon. So I am like, yes, get it, Ernest. Another episode that I absolutely loved was with this guy, Denton, who is the coach to a football team in a school for deaf kids. And I absolutely loved that episode. And that was like a three tissue moment. I was going to say, I was looking for the metric to describe crying during Queer Eye, but a tissue moment is a good one. Yeah, that was a three hanky one for me too. I love that this guy, Denton, learns how to sign Yas, which I didn't know you could, but now if you watch, you will learn how to do that as well. And it's the only thing I'm going to do from now on. 100%. Next season, the gang is going to Vegas for season nine. Are you excited? Better them than me, Jessica. I'm not a Vegas fan, but I wish them to spread beauty and joy and good homes and good cooking throughout Vegas. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, I can't wait. But for now, season eight set in New Orleans of Queer Eye is out now. Griselda and Queer Eye are out now. Next week, Henry and I are going to be doing our year in preview. We'll be sharing some of the upcoming series and films that we are most looking forward to in 2024. Plus, are you as excited as we are about season six of Love is Blind? You know you are. You don't have to say it out loud. Before we recap the first six episodes of the new season in a few weeks, head over to chadoom.com now. Read the latest news about the upcoming season, including the full release schedule, cast bios, study them all, and more. New episodes of Now on Netflix are released every Thursday. Henry, wonderful to see you, and I'll see you next week. See you next week, Jessica.